Fullness announcement? Literature announcement? We have literature. And, uh, <laughs> you're not here tonight, but we'll make it next week. Same time, same station. And um, I said to the speaker, then introduce the main speaker. My name is Alfonso, and I am an alcoholic. Alfonso. And I asked my good friend Will to ask me to come out and uh, do the opening act for him. Uh, my sobriety is February 14th, year 2000. It's the only sobriety date I've ever had. And I like, I like to take credit for that, but the reality is I found out later on that um, it's not my credit. I would like credit to the, to the loving God that I found the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous later on. I... Um, I grew up in a British colony. This country, it was a country called uh, British Honduras. And then later on, got its independence from England, and now it's called Belize. Um, growing up there, uh, Chinese dad, Mayan mom, dad was, uh, raised us with honor and respect. Honor and respect your elders, that's it. And then mom was, uh, uh, they had their superstition and their many gods, corn god, rain god, fish god, all this stuff. And, like the Rome, like those Roman people that had uh, those the Greek people that had um, Zeus and all those, all those guys, right? So like, uh, um, anyway, so um, they had ten of us, and um, and uh, they didn't know what to do with uh, how how we how are we going to raise these little bastards? You know, we uh, got these two different cultures, and so uh, they decided that they're going to send some to organized religion. That the schools were influenced by highly by organized religion. And, and some of my, my brothers and sisters, they gravitated to that stuff. And I didn't. That was the, the oddball. And uh, no, no coincidence that I'm the only alcoholic out of the 10 kids. So I can't blame parents because I had the same parents. Um, and um, and uh, there was a lot of do-gooders in my life, school teachers, uh, adults, and people that, uh, you know, and then later on went to high school. I got introduced to this thing called booze. And um, <laughs> uh, Anyways, uh, I, before I started really, my drinking career took off, I stole a bottle of um, um, Johnny Walker Black Label. Uh, and um, it was three of us little kids, I was about nine years old, and we went to a rock on the seaside, and um, we drank that thing, and um, alcohol did to me then what I didn't know it was gonna do to me later on in, in my drinking career. I got drunk, I threw up, I blacked out, and um, and, uh, and, I, and I, it was never my fault. And uh, and so when I went to high school, and that traumatized me. Tell you right now, that traumatized me. Um, I said I'll never drink again, and I stayed true to it until I was 14 years old, and I and this little thing called puberty kicked in. There was this one little girl that I like. I like the way she looked, the way she dressed, and all the other guys liked her, but the rumor had it that she liked me. And at that time, I was, um, I was really getting into this thing called martial arts. And um, so I told everybody, if you know what's good for you, stay away from that girl. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and eventually, you know, that, uh, but I couldn't talk to the girl. And my best friend at the time said, he said, he says, Afans, if we, uh, we go have two beers. And I said, no, anything except, them, except alcohol, because I remember what it did to me. And he said to me, I promise you that if you have two beers, you know, two beers, he says, I promise you. And I said to him, Joe, if these two beers don't work, you're going to get your ass whooped. <laughs> and Joe and Joe said, all right, I'll take the ass whooping. If, but we went and had them two beers. And alcohol worked its magic. It did to me what I consider to be the perfect high. 
It did to me something that I chased for the next 20 years of my life. You know, I was charming, I was debonair, I was Don Juan. I could dance better than Fred Astaire or any, you know. And I ended up dating that girl and ended up marrying that girl and, and that was my first divorce too. Because when I told that girl that I promised her in wedding vows that I would love her forever and everything like that, when I really, really meant it to they found my being, I had no idea that um, while drinking, I crossed a thing called an invisible line and that alcohol was deciding for me. I had no power and choice when it came to alcohol. I had no idea that it was the first one that took me out of the game. So um, when that girl, when that marriage didn't work out, I, I saw some guys um, that had nice cars. They always had the good, good, good looking women and they had a lot of money. And I got involved with those people. And uh, I don't know, they were called cartels and um, I worked with them for a little bit. And we're landing airplanes and you know, loading up stuff and getting money and all that stuff. And uh, anywho, um, at some point in time, my boss, the guy that I worked for, uh, he, he uh, went straight, he made enough money to go straight. And um, and I uh, and I didn't like I didn't like the lifestyle anymore, and um, I, I came to California and I started to be electronic tech, and then I met my second wife, and then again I promised that woman she had a little boy, and I promised them and I was very sincere, with all the sincerity I could bring up in my heart, that I would prom that I promised I'll take care of her and I love her and I'll take take care of her and the little boy, and um, and I meant it, but then again. Alcohol said, ah, you could say I'll that player, but <laughs> it don't work like that. And uh, before you know it, I was doing a lot of time in jail. Um, I, uh, no, guys, um, my drinking got started getting into a lot of trouble. Uh, before you know it, I'm getting charged with in, uh, DUIs, uh, drunk in public, uh, brandishing, discharging, you know, and all this other stuff. And um, and uh, and um, one day I stood in front of a judge, and. Um, and uh, one of these many, many times that I stood in front of a judge and he looked at my docket and he goes, I think you can benefit from an alcoholic farmer program. And they in turn sent me to Alcoholics Anonymous. I'll tell you that I, in DUI, when I got those DUIs, they sent me to those things, but there's always somebody there that says, give me 400 bucks and I'll take care of that for you. And so that way I didn't know that they, the, uh, DUI sent you to, to, to AA. Maybe I'd have gotten here earlier. Not that I would have heard, probably, I don't know. It wasn't to be. And I got here to Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I got here, I did not meet the requirement for membership. You know, I had absolutely no desire to stop drinking. But the judge gave me a choice. Either five years in prison or do this alcohol deferment program. Now, I was a little taller back then. I was a whole lot cuter. And if, you're, if you look as good as I did in prison, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I didn't want to cause the guys to fight over me, so I, I, took, I took the, uh, the, 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 the come to the, the alcohol thing and uh, it came to, to, to get my court assigned. But I had a rule also, you know, and by this time uh, the, the, I had divorced that poor woman and, uh, and that little boy. And today this, that kid is like close to four years old, I think, something like that. Uh, and he still calls me dad. You know, I'm, I'm the only father figure he knew. Anyways, um, even though when I was drinking, I still do what I could for that kid. Um, so I come to Alcoholics Anonymous, and, um, and, this, and uh, some people said, welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. We sincerely hope that something is read or said here that you can identify with. 
other people said said welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous and if you intend to stay around here we suggest that you change your playmates and playgrounds and I sat around in the back of the room my don't f with me look and my and one of my and one of my little peacemakers stuck in the back of my pants and believe me none of my stuff had any serial numbers on them and uh, and I and I sat in the back of the room so I, I just come to get a court I said I'm not like you people and one of the guys said uh, and, uh, and and he said um and when he said uh, change your playmates and playgrounds and play with who? Are you a bunch of losers? <laughs> no. And uh, and and so um, one day this lady, uh, Bobby, had your dossier. They had a rule: if I'm not dating you or if I'm not dating you or not paying you for services, don't touch me. And um, and that lady had dossier to touch my shoulder, and she said, "Sugar, uh, how are you feeling today?" And I said to Bobby, and I really wanted to say, "Bitch, this is a And I opened my mouth. And the words came out. I'm doing fine, thanks for asking. And I myself couldn't believe it. But I've been around coming to your rooms for a, for a long time. I, I was get come here. I was coming here for to get a proof attendance card of 18 months. And uh, and um, and I heard you guys talk about being released from the bondage yourself. See, and I didn't know that was happening to me just by hanging around you guys. That. I wanted to say something with my mind, but my heart spoke instead of my mind. And you guys told me that if I stick around here, I will learn to speak the language of the heart. And I didn't know that. And then uh, the following week, that lady, here she comes again. I'm like, son of a bitch, you know, you have somebody else to pester. Anyways, she comes and she goes, sugar, do you have a sponsor? And from what I understood, from what I just kind of hear, I put this, you know, put a little thing here, there, together, there. I was only one meeting a week. And uh, that your sponsor is going to be somebody that going to be your life coach. Somebody tell you who you can't like your daddy. And uh, I, I'm about to have that because I'm a grown-ass man. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, I said, I said uh, well, you know what, I go. And at that time, I had like six more months left on this proof of things. And I wasn't drinking, but I wasn't happy. I was an angry son of a bitch. And, uh, and, um, and, I, told, and I told Bobby, I said, I don't waste any of this time. And she pointed this one guy that I thought he was the biggest loser in the room. You know, and um, and and she said, "Why don't you ask that guy to be a sponsor?" And I, to get Bobby, to get rid of Bobby, I went up to that man and I said to him, "Chris, would you be my sponsor?" And that man looked at me, and for the very first time that I could remember, as an adult in age, I looked another man, eyeball to eyeball. And that man said, "Me, Alfonso, it will be an honor and a privilege to be your sponsor." Listen, I've stood in front of so many judges and prosecutors and all these other damn people, and I never look. I look in your general direction, and I can tell you what the seal of California looks like. I can tell you what shoes you're wearing, what kind of clothes you're wearing, but I couldn't tell you what color your eyes are. And that man told me, he said, it'll honor and a privilege to be your sponsor. And then he ran to his truck, and he came back with a little pamphlet that says, question and answer and sponsorship. And he gave it to me, and he said, Alfonso, I want you to go home and read this. And if you agree with what's on this pamphlet, next week when I see you, We'll take it from there. First thought comes to mind, this son of a bitch thinks he's, I'm going to see him next week. He, he's presuming things already, I, you know, and this dance hasn't even started. But I went home and I read the pamphlet. I'm like, oh, he ain't got to be my daddy. He ain't my taxi and I, you know, this thing, my loans officer and that crap. He's supposed to take me through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I said, okay, I agree with you, but I just wanted to get rid of Bobby. That's really what I wanted to do. And uh, this man said, okay, we're going to start reading this book called Alcoholics Anonymous. And we start reading this book. And as we start reading this book, as we start going through the steps, my life started getting a ton better. 
I came to Alcoholics Anonymous godless, owing a ton of money, a suspended driver license, and a felony warrant for my arrest. You know, I came to Alcoholics Anonymous for about three years, driving on a suspended driver license. And, uh, you know, and um, little by slowly, my life started getting a whole lot better. I started paying off all those people. Next thing I know, the DMV mailed me my license. Um, I found a God on my understanding. And year number seven, I told my sponsor, uh, and by the way, he's, the, he's still my temporary sponsor. Uh, after 23 years, uh, you, know, um, I, I you know, I said to him, Chris, I got this felony warrant for my arrest. What do I do with this? And he says, I'm no attorney, and you, you have to know that by now. He says, you've been to enough cases that you know you need criminal criminal defense attorney. And uh, in the rules of Alcoholics Anonymous, there was a, a lady who was a criminal defense attorney, and I hired her. And uh, she represented me. She plea bargained a crap out of that thing. And, uh, you know, I was I paid an exorbitant amount of money to the state of California. I cleaned. So if you drove along the 210 and you saw it clean, you're welcome. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and I just worked at food pension. Anyways, I did what you guys said I was supposed to do. You know, I have what I consider to be an amazing life today. You know, I paid all that $60,000, I paid that off. I, I don't owe a penny to anyone. Um, you know, I, I have my my um, my uh, eight-step list. I, it's been wiped clean. I got a clean slate. I can go today anywhere any free man can go. You know, I'll end with this. You know, I remember uh, driving. And uh, I would see um, uh, a McDonald's, and I see like a little car, and I thought it was a police lights. And I turn right into the McDonald's. You know, next thing I know, it's like just a guy on Volkswagen with a ski rack shit. And I'm like, fuck, here I am gonna buy McDonald's that I don't want. You know, how many <laughs> and McDonald's and Burger King and the Popeyes I bought and didn't want it? Because I drove with fear. Today I don't have to drive like that anymore. You know, I got a valid driver's license, I got insurance, I got all these good things that, and, you know. But, um, but you know, it says sometimes quickly, sometimes is, but it will always materialize if I work for him. And boy, do I work my ass for him. So I think that's a little bit over 10 minutes, and I don't want to take any more of your time because I'm here to listen to my good friend, my trudging buddy, uh, weighing in all the way from Monrovia, <laughs> 100 pounds. <laughs> will. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. How's it going, going, right? Oh man. Thank you, Alfonso. Thank you, my name is My name is Will. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. Will. Will. Ah, I want to thank God for another day of sobriety. I want to thank Les for inviting me out, and Alfonso, thanks for coming out and opening, being the opening act, so to speak. Uh, I'm sober by grace of a loving God, okay? I, I am also sober by this program. Um, my story goes all over the place, so, and it's never the same. So, uh, it's, the context is the same, but chronological might be a little, a little off. Uh, I'm born here in, in Los Angeles. Uh, I was raised in LA. Uh, uh, I'm, I am 67 years old, so, I was raised in LA uh, through the 60s, and then uh, in the late 60s, 1969 to be exact, um, my family moved from LA, we, LA we would call the east side of town, so we moved to uh, Inglewood. Uh, I grew up with uh, 
two brothers, two sisters. I'm kind of like the middle. One brother's close to me. He's like two years older than me. And um, mom and dad. Uh, my mom and dad worked hard, okay? Um, we never wanted for anything, you know. Every, they weren't rich, but they were hard blue-collar workers, okay? Actually, my dad was a blue-collar worker. My mom actually was a janitor for, for until she retired. Uh, and, you know, but we always had, uh, I always had, and we always had new clothes, the whole shot, you know, everything's fine. There was a lot of chaos in the house, though. Uh, uh, there was a lot of fussing and fighting, dysfunctionality between mom and dad, and it just kind of like spread out. Uh, I had my first drink, my first sip of alcohol, um, I think I was like, I never get it right. My, it was, we, my folks was having a, a card party or a domino party. We do that from time to time. My dad asked me, told me to go get a beer, and he let me have a sip. And I took a sip of beers and one of those short bottles of brown ones, and I took a drink of it, and it felt good. It felt good. I don't know why it felt so good, but it did feel good. Uh, and I wanted more, but you know, not right then and there, but I wanted more. Um, I was one of those kids where when I was in school, like elementary, start, even from the start of elementary school, and even sometimes on the block, uh, I, I never, I didn't think I knew what was, I didn't know what was going on in my head. I thought everybody had gone on better than I did. They knew what to do. They had the, they had the blueprint, and I didn't have the blueprint. I didn't know what the blueprint was, and I wanted somebody to tell me what the blueprint is. And uh, I always felt like that. Um, long story short, I was, I was, I was, you know, decent kid because my mom and dad they uh, um, they didn't want, you know, I had to couldn't bring, I couldn't bring home a bad grade, okay? So education was important in a way. And I'll, and I'll get to that point. Because uh, my dad, believe it, he, 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 my dad, it was interesting, my dad graduated from college in the freaking, before World War II, and my mom barely had a, uh, as, a as the story goes, eighth grade, eighth grade graduation, but some kind of way they hooked up, don't ask me how. Um, but so grades was important, and uh, my, my folks was really protective of us, you know, I guess because of the area I lived in, they thought, I don't know what they thought it was, anyway, they were really strict at that point. But when we made that move to Inglewood, it was, it was like wide open, it was, it was, they felt, they felt we would be more, what do I want to say, it's safer for me to go out and do what I wanted to do. And boy, <laughs> that's where it started. Uh, like I said, I've always felt on the inside that I didn't know what was going on. You know, even though I, I dressed right, I wasn't ugly, I, I was a decent athlete, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But in here, just wasn't right. Um, I remember, let me, let me preface this. My story, I have alcohol, a lot of alcohol in my story, and I have a lot of the other stuff in my story, but I respect the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I keep it pretty much on the alcohol side. But I will start off like this. I remember 
I, my first year in high school, um, I made the principal honor roll. Didn't know how I made it, but I made it. Uh, and I was, at that time I was playing trumpet. I had picked up the trumpet in seventh grade. So ninth grade, I was still playing trumpet. And I was in his orchestra at school. And my friend who played trumpet next to me, he asked me, hey, you want to smoke a joint after class? And immediately I said, yes. I didn't hesitate. I didn't, I didn't think twice. I just wanted to feel different. I wanted to feel better on the inside. So after class, we did that. And from that point on, everything changes. Everything changed, I should say. Uh, I got cooler. I, I, got, I started hanging out with the lower companions. Um, I was still bringing good grades home. Um, and how did I do that is because at that time, I, I was able to elect certain cl classes that I wanted to take. So I really didn't study much in high school. Um, I just floated through there. And I still played the, I, I still uh, um, covered up, you know, with my folks because they were, when I got home from school, they were gone. So it would give me time to, 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 to come down and nobody mess with, bothers me. Um, school became, Every morning, pretty much every morning, going, you know, we would, back then, I guess, you know, they'll probably throw the book at people, but back then, you could, there was always a liquor store in the neighborhood where the, the, whoever the owner was working at the liquor store, they would sell to you. There was always one like that. And so we would go get a bottle of wine every morning, drink it before class. Every morning, drink it before class. And in a lot of days, uh, during school, during lunchtime, the school I went to had a really nice baseball dugout. And we would go out to the dugout and drink some more. Uh, other days, there was other party favors that we would do. Um, I remember the first time I got really, really drunk. I, I was about 15, it was during the summertime, and I had two tall cans of uh, Old English, 800. And I, and prior to drinking that, I had uh, smoked some marijuana, which, anyway, I'll just leave it like that, smoked some marijuana. Um, and I was so sick. I remember vaguely, you know, uh, my friend, brother had a car, and he was driving, and, and, and I think I was doing this. I think I had my head out the window barfing the whole time, okay? Uh, but... Instead of saying, oh man, I'm not going to do that anymore. My first thought when I came down and got myself together, I have to learn to drink. I have to learn to hold my liquor. I have to learn, you know, to, to, we used to call it mustard seed, not throw up over the food. And, and, and so I, that was my mission. And I accomplished it pretty good. Um, by the end of high school, like I said, I was drinking. Uh, I could hold my liquor. Uh, and all the other stuff that went along with it. Graduated from high school, got a job out at the, uh, one of the aerospace companies uh, through a friend. Uh, and, and it was that, and that's where I, I, I met other lower companion in high places, I'll just say, because that's where I really learned how to drink and do other things. 
Um, and I got turned on to some other things like that as well. Um, I started, like I said, drinking and, and, and doing other things. Um, but I, 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 I was I was functional, so to speak, because I've always been the kind of person that, like I said, I, I learned how to control it. If, I, if you want to call it control, I thought I was controlling it. I really wasn't controlling it. I just knew how to, my tolerance was just getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, but somewhere along the line, I think it was probably when I was in my 20s, early 20s, 23, 24, I think I crossed that imaginary line along with alcohol and other stuff um, because I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't stop. I could stop drinking sometimes, but I couldn't stop doing other things other times. Um, and it was an everyday thing. I remember I got uh, in my mid, in my late, my late 20s, I uh, I have progressed on my job, like a good alcoholic, you know, because I was the kind of alcoholic. Once I got on the job, I was straight. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't do anything else, you know. I was straight. But once the whistle blew, it was all on. It was on until late in the evening, okay. And then the next day, I tried to pretend that everything is okay. I would pull it off most of the time. Uh, a lot of times, I can't make it to work. I can't make it to work. You know that 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 happened. Um, but during this period, uh, when I uh, I think it was like in the early '80s, uh, a lot of my coworkers they were uh, getting married and doing other things like getting married, buying homes, doing that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I'm one of those kind of alcoholics. Uh, I, I I'm I'm a people pleaser and I wanted to, I wanted to be liked like everybody and, I, and else I want everybody to like me and I wanted to be uh, in the in crowd with everybody else so if everybody else is doing this I should be doing this too and I ended up getting I ended up getting married uh, that was weird uh, because I'm a full-blown alcoholic okay and, and amongst other things and this person married me but fast forward to the day, I, I, I know why, and maybe I can get to that part of the story. Um, we got married. Marriage lasts for two and a half years. Had a baby, beautiful baby. Uh, she's my beautiful daughter today. She's 35 years old now. Um, I, you know, I didn't know how bad the disease was, okay? And she, in fact, she was the first person who told me that you're an alcoholic, but she didn't know what an alcoholic was, you know. And I, and I said, why? I'm only having a beer. See, when I got married, I said, okay, I'm going to leave all the other stuff alone, and I'll just drink, okay? I'll just have a drink after work. That's what everybody does. But I didn't realize my drinking after work was kind of abnormal because I had to have at least a 12-pack every day. That was my normal, you know. And she called me on that, and I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about, I'm fine. Um, but anyway, make a long story short, the marriage didn't last. Um, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. It was, it was, just, it was, just, it was just nuts. Um, marriage didn't last. 
And then I went on, uh, from that point on, I went on, went on for like a 10 year run, what I mean. I just wanted to drink and use and drink, go to work, drink and use. Uh, one of the reasons why, I know why, because when I got divorced, like I said I had a daughter and uh, my, that, that, that ex, my, that ex at the time, she made it really difficult for me to visit my daughter, okay? And that's when I, that's when I really felt the first time real emotional pain, okay? And if you were an alcoholic like I was, no matter how much I drank or did other stuff, I could not get that pain. That pain would not go away, okay? Um, I, it, it, it's, it's a pain that it is what it is. Um, but, you know, you, I would have my moments. And um, I, I, like I said, I went on a 10-year run, and I kept drinking, uh, doing what I was supposed to do. I, I was always able to get a job. Okay, and I, and I had some decent jobs. I, I stayed at the aerospace company, oh, till I think 1989, I left and went to bank, first interstate bank, and then I left there, I went to a company out of San Bernardino. I did a geographic at that time. I went out to San Bernardino and uh, got a place out there uh, with one of the coworkers in Riverside and Thinking, really thinking I, to myself, this would, this would be a good move because I would be away from all the, 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 the bad influence, okay? I won't be around them anymore. I'll be way out on the other side. But you know what? I learned that if you're an alcoholic, you take the disease with you, okay? Uh, I found what I needed when I needed, right out there in Riverside. No one had to tell me where it was. I can just drive down the street. There it is, and it was on. Or I would just simply drive back to LA uh, once a week or twice a month, whatever it was, and bring it back, bring it back to Riverside. Um, when I look at my story, that's that's the first time where I actually realized I, I, I lost a job because of this disease. It took me a while to figure that out um, because they were laying off people. When, and, and so when I got laid off with some other folks, since I got laid off with other folks, I kind of like thought, well, I just got laid off. I didn't lose the job. They just laid me off. But, <laughs> yeah. And, but I didn't realize, you know, we all know today that, oh, how many sick days he took? You know, how many times he <laughs> called in late? You know, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on and on. And, um, you know, they laid me off. Uh, but, like I said, I, no matter, I, I take the disease with me. Um, during, you know, let me just say this too. You know, um, I wanted to be, you know, all during, during this period, like I said, I had a daughter and things like that. I couldn't be a responsible person. I wanted to be a responsible person, but just like it says in the book, you know, when there's a time, and I'll paraphrase, when there's a time for us, for me to show up, I, I, I fail. You know, I can remember one time specifically. I remember my daughter was starting a, a, a Christian school. She was six years old, so she needed uniforms. A friend of mine 
who was a, a lower companion, but one of those functional lower companions like myself, uh, his wife said, oh, my little daughter, because I can't remember her name, she went to that school, here's all her dresses, okay? And uh, I was supposed to drop them off, drive from Riverside back down to LA to drop them off, Inglewood to drop them off. And I made that promise, but once I started doing what I was doing, you know, so the first day of school, my daughter didn't have a uniform, you know. Uh, it's not, it doesn't sound like a big thing, but it, it was a big thing to me. Uh, but I, I'm just saying that that's how this, this disease would do you. It, it, it did me. I just, you know, I, I broke promises. I wanted to be, I, I, I didn't realize what, what kind of monster I had, I, I had turned into. So anyway, going back to when I got divorced, I went on a 10-year run, meaning that all I did for about 10 years until I wound up into these rooms was drink, use, and to anybody who wanted to sit and listen to me complain about, uh-oh, oh man, it's almost, complain about what, what I did, what she did, you know, wanted to complain. Um, I got to these rooms, how much time do I have? 10 minutes, 15 minutes, what do I got? 20 minutes? Whatever you need. Whatever you need? Okay, good. Uh, when I, I got to these rooms by way of uh, nudge from the judge, because I want to get to some good parts, the, uh, the recovery part. I got to the way here by way nudge from the judge. I, uh, like I said, I did other things too, okay? And uh, in my craziness one night, I, uh, I got arrested. Um, for some narcotics and uh, took me to jail. I got out on what they call on my own recognizance. It was in Inglewood. I stayed in, stayed in jail for about 38, 48 hours or 72 hours, where it was. Uh, my sister and brother, they came and got me out. Um, and I had one of those deals. I, went, I had to go see the judge. And I took one of those deals where and I signed a dotted line that, you know, if I get caught, Drunk, drunk, drunk driving, uh, some anything illegal. Uh, I would have to do uh, what was it? Three years in prison, okay. But I would only have to do fifteen months, okay. And, and what's what's crazy about that? I remember when I was in jail, the people in jail was telling me all this kind of stuff. They said, "Well, you, this is your first time." I said, "Yeah, it's my first." Oh man, just just take diversion and you can go. You know, judge will give you this, blah 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 blah, and you be out. But then when I found out, is is you know, in fact, they said it, and they told me you only have to do like 15 months, and they said it as if it was no big deal. <laughs> and I'm in my, you know, I'm in there with them, so I had to say, okay, man, yeah, I dig that thing. I'm thinking myself, what the fuck is wrong with these people? You know, I couldn't do 15 seconds. Don't want to do 15 seconds, but. Um, Make a long story short, I got out, saw the judge, uh, signed on a dotted line, left the courtroom, and did, and did exactly what I've always done, okay? Um, it doesn't, you know, the disease is, is cunning, baffling, and powerful. No matter what kind of conviction, conviction you say, hey, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, you're going to do it until you, until, you, until you get to these, or until you get some help, or until you surrender. I uh, I finally surrendered. 
Uh, I had a manager, the last job I, I had before, I had to get to these rooms by way of rehab, okay? And I was telling uh, 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 Alfonso about this before the meeting started. It's one of the best jobs I had because they gave me freedom. I had responsibility, but I, get, I got to control my responsibility, you know? But I had to show up. You gotta show up. I couldn't show up. Um, and I had a manager. He took me. He said, "Let's go to lunch." So we went to lunch, and he and he basically told me this. Well, he asked me how things are going. You know, you know, because you know, you know, your attendance, blah 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 blah. And I said, "Well, you know, it's you know, inside of me. I should have said and probably wanted to say, I need help. I'm an alcoholic. I do this. I do that. I, I need help." But when he asked me that question, the first thing I said was, "Oh, I'm going. It's my divorce." I am having marital problems, you know, it's the, you know, and but crying on the inside, but can't, but can't give it up. Um, and so he told me, he said, look, we like you, you know, why don't you take some time off and get your affairs together and then you can come back. But if, because if we fi let you go, you don't be able to come back. And as a good alcoholic and, and, and in my head thinking that I can pull this off, I said, no, no, no problem. Pulled it off for about a week, week and a half, and I I, I woke up one morning and called in, uh, told him I wasn't going to, I couldn't make it, and I knew at that point I lost the job because I had a, I got a, I had gotten a call from the company I was working for. It was a contracting company, and they said, hey, you can't be, you can't miss any more days. And uh, when I did, when I called in, I knew it was over with. So here's here's the good part. For whatever reason, I think it had to be God, I hung up the phone and I, I picked up the, I hung up the phone, picked it back up, and I called the center where I was doing the, the, the diversion class, the, the, order, the court order thing. And they called me back and the person that called me back told me, you're an alcoholic, you need to come in here. He's an alcoholic addict. They say, you need to come in here. And and I say that's the good part because I had any other time, I would say, okay, well, it's free day, let's go, let's go do it. Okay? And I didn't do that. Why I didn't do that for years leading up for at least ten, I'll say seven years, I'm not hundred percent sure, leading up to that point. I always wanted to stop what I was doing. I wanted it to be fun again. I wanted to control it again. I wanted to be able to just have a couple of drinks, go out, or maybe do something else, but go to, you know, I wanted to be normal, and I, and I, and I couldn't do it. I thought I could, I couldn't do it. Um, so I surrendered. I went in at this place, I checked in, uh, and once, for intake day, uh, I immediately wanted to turn around and, and I said, well, I, cause they, it was a nine month program. And I told him I couldn't do nine months cause I have a lot of important things to do. You know, I have to go to work. I got to take care of my daughter. I got to do this, I got to do that. I mean, I was out there, Hell, my, my ex-wife had pissed me off. I stopped paying child support, you know, all the stuff I had to do, right? Um, but he tricked me and he said, look, you're a grown man. And he didn't say grown man, I'm just adding that. He said, see those doors? He said, you can leave out here anytime you want. And that just got to my ego. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can do this, I can do it. Long fast forward, after about two months in there, 
not not doing anything, no substance, no alcohol. No, in fact, when I went in there, you couldn't even have Listerine. They took Listerine from it. Um, um, I looked in the mirror one morning, and my eyes and my skin still look horrible. You know, because I was I was on a the amount of alcohol and other stuff that I was consuming on a daily basis and all the stress, they told me, they had nurses in there and they said, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, they, take, they would take your blood pressure. And this is after about a week of being in there. My blood pressure was like 190 over, one, one, 190 over like 110 or 120, something crazy. And they said, you okay? I said, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, walking time bomb, pretty much. Um, so I told myself, I had been here six, six, 60 days approximately, I had, I had some clarity in my head, and I said, look, I got honest with myself. Like I said a, a couple minutes ago, I wanted, to get, I wanted to stop, I didn't know how to stop. This was my, and I, this was my opportunity. I said, I'm going to do anything and everything they tell me to do to get sober, okay? Now, I'm grateful that this particular facility I was in, they had the big book. And everybody in there had 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They were counselors. And they, 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 they looked like me. They, they, they had the swag that I liked. And they were sober. But they were still cool. They were, still, they were sober. So I wanted what they had. So I got busy, you know? Uh, I remember going through the steps with my sponsor in this facility, and I keep remembering, and I remember this all the time, and even even to the day, you know, you're only as sick as your secrets. You know, if you don't if you don't get honest, you will get you will get drunk again. Okay, if you don't get honest, uh, and I took that to heart, and I got honest. Okay, uh, I wrote, you know, I. We, Went through one through twelve, not one, three, four, seven. You know, <laughs> one through twelve. Um, and for me, the most freeing part was the fourth step. But you know, the thing I, I wasn't, I didn't have a problem with the God thing. Okay, and why I didn't have a problem with the God thing? As a kid growing up, we used to go to Sunday school. Like that's one thing. That's one thing my folks would, my mom would make me do. Make us go to Sunday school. So I had a concept of my God, okay? Uh, when I was active, I just didn't think my God would work for me. Well, I take that back. I knew he would work for me. I, was, I thought that he didn't want to work for me. He didn't want to hear me lie to him that anymore, in my mind, because all I would do was lie to him all the time. Uh, so I, 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 uh, I surrendered myself to that God and, 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 and Made and turned my little my will and my life over to that God, and then I got busy with the fourth step. Fifth step was so freeing for me because I, I heard so much about the, when you're in a, when you're in a facility like that, you hear so much about the fifth step, the fourth step, and and all this kind of stuff. So I knew that when I when I when I was time for me to sit and read my fourth step to my sponsor. I had written down on paper everything that I wasn't going to tell a soul, okay, because I knew he was going to ask that question, you know, is there anything else? 
So that's when I pulled out my little list and I told him this, 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 this. You know, and he didn't bat an eye. He didn't. He didn't look like it was. It was. It was. It was. It was refreshing. It was good. And I remember after doing the fifth step, I walked out of his office, and I and we said, "Rock to the fourth dimension." I just felt lifted. You know, every, all the stuff was the, the weight, all that. If you, if you, when you, for me, I'll speak for myself. Drinking and using for years and lying and with this facade. It's, a, it's hard work. It's very hard work. Uh, it's stressful, and I just was so glad to get that freedom, okay? Uh, I don't even know what time it is. Oh, it's different time. Um, so, and, and, and I did, we did six, seven, eight, nine. Now, seven, I'm a, I'll go to the demand step for me. Uh, eight, nine, I made, my, I, uh, made a list, and most of my dirty work uh, was with my family members, okay? I, I stole from my, my dad. Not, 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 what I would do, I, I, I did this in the past, sneak, because they were, they were good parents, even though they had everything, they were good parents. They would let me back in the house when things weren't right. And uh, when they were asleep, I'll sneak and get his credit card, and I would go out, and I'll go to the gas station, pump somebody's gas, get their cash and all that kind of stuff. And I had to make those kind of amends, but parents' amends are easy, you know? Well, my parents' amends, they just glad to see um, their son back, um, which is a good thing. Um, I, got out of, I got out of rehab, uh, which is, God's, 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 God is funny, man. God has a sense of humor. Uh, I got out of rehab and this lady, friend of mine, I, who I had a relationship when I was like 22 years old. We lived together for a little while, then we split. God is, God is amazing, man. He, uh, she looked for me uh, like a week before coming out of rehab. She sent a letter to my mom's house. I read the letter, and this is where Will blah, Will Baldridge lived, blah, blah, blah. This is da, 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 da. So I called her. Make a long story shorter, we hooked up. Um, and that's how I started my sobriety. I wouldn't recommend that, okay? Because uh, I, rem I, I thought we were gonna be together forever. And uh, I can remember when, uh, she, when God and, and she kicked me out the relationship. Uh, Cause I'll, I'll just get honest, I was, I was pretty faithful, and I say pretty faithful, not 100% faithful. <laughs> I was pretty faithful, okay? Uh, but there's those moments when you want, you know, anyway. Um, he kicked me out of the relationship, and this is one of the, one of the good things um, about this fellowship. I had, and this, this, this relationship went for like seven years, and I remember when she kicked me out the relationship, and God kicked me out the relationship because it wasn't the right relationship, um, and another time I ate, I cried like a baby. But what saved me, I I I I, I went to a meeting, and uh, I was sitting in a meeting. And I couldn't hear a word of, that was being shared because this was this was bothering me so bad. And I walked out the meeting, and I and I called a, a trudging buddy, and when I heard his voice. 
I just started crying. And uh, he said, come with, come with me and my family, we're going to the park, blah, blah, blah. And, and you just hang out there. And I went there. And at that point, in Alcoholics Anonymous, that's when I started really getting busy. Because before that, I stayed sober by the grace of God because I had this girlfriend. I was trying to please her more than, I would go to meetings maybe once, once a month. You know, I wasn't really in the program. But I thank God when, when I got kicked out of that relationship, I didn't turn to booze or anything like that. I called somebody in the fellowship. They said, come on over. And from that point on, I got busy in the fellowship. I started going to meetings more. I started raising my hand. I started sharing more. I started sponsoring people. I started going back to the, the, the facility and trying to sponsor folks from there. Uh, I got active in, in, in the fellowship. Uh, if it wasn't for this fellowship, man, I don't know where I would be. I, 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 I'm, I'm like a Fonso. I, I'm too pretty to go to prison. <laughs> I'm too pretty to go to prison, uh, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't last. A, I wouldn't last at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, this, this, you know, I, 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 like I said, I sponsor people. I, I, I'm a good father. At least I want to say I'm a good father. Um, I, you know, I, I'm blessed these days. In, 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 you know, during this, during this, my 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 sobriety, I I I I was I was able to be the good son to my dad because my dad passed. Kind of got going backwards. My dad passed in 2000, and I got out of the rehab in 1999 of April, and he got a chance to see me sober. My mom passed in. 2012. So from 2000 to 2012, she got to see the son that she always wanted. Because I, I used to break her heart, man. You know, she she told me a, she told me a story once that uh, I don't know why we was because I, I when my dad passed, I spent every weekend, even though I had this I had a girlfriend every weekend every Sunday, I was at my mom's house every holiday, every birthday, every. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be that, that good son. Uh, but she told me this story that, uh, like I said, when I started off, she's, she was a, she was a, she was a janitor and, uh, she would be at work. She said, I sometimes said, well, she said, sometimes I'll be at work and she can hear a siren or she just be vacuuming and all of a sudden she think of me and tears come down her eye. Man, that, 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 that broke me up when she told me that. And, uh, and, and so that's, I, as an alcoholic, you don't realize, and I didn't realize, how much hurt and pain we, we, we inflict on our loved ones, you know? Um, God, that was, that was, when she told me that, I, I but anyway, I, 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 uh, I got to be that good son. Today, I have a, uh, I have, I have a home, that's mine. The bank owns it, but I pay the mortgage. Um. Uh, I have a beautiful daughter. I have two grand boys. I have a son-in-law that I'm, I, I'm starting to love now. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, life is good, man. Life is good. I'm, I'm still healthy. Um, you know, and it's all because of these the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, this fellowship. You know, if you want to, if 
you guys, you guys, you, there's no newcomers here. You, you already know. Uh, it's, it's going to meetings, trudging, having a trudging buddy, having someone to talk to is so important. Uh, in fact, sometimes uh, I remember my first years, uh, I have a sponsor, but it was, I had a trudging buddy who passed a couple of years ago. We would talk once, when we first got out of, when we first got sober, we would talk almost every day. And we can talk about sports, anything. And there's a miracle there because there's this, it's in our reading that, you know, if two or more, he's in the midst. Uh, there's a miracle when, 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 when two alcoholics sit down and just talk or just fellowship about anything, you know, the, the alcohol or any other substance come, doesn't come into play. Um, and and I, I'm grateful for that. Uh, like I said, I, I don't do this program perfect. I, I'm here today a lot from grace, God's grace, because, uh, man, you know, and now what I, what I do every, well, is God's grace. And I, and I try to strengthen that by, I have a routine that I do where I'll read the uh, daily reflections in the morning. I'll think about it. And then I'll read, I, I started reading this uh, Al-Anon book called Courage to Change. And then I read another book. It's almost like the, the other big book, but it's called Jesus is Calling. That's, that's my God. Okay. And, uh, I do that on a daily basis. I do it on a daily basis because I know from experience of being sober and not doing it, if I want to have that strong relationship with God, and if I want to have this spiritual connection, and I want to cure this malady that we have, I've got to, I've got to have a relationship with God. And the only way I can do that and clear all that stuff is to do it consistently. Consistently. Uh, doing it on Monday in January and doing it on Monday in February don't work don't work I have to I have to consistently talk to my God um, what else I want to talk about I don't know I think I think that's enough is it am I over I think I'm way over I don't know right. I'm sorry uh, but I, Les thanks for inviting me I hope I didn't bore you guys but like I said when I share it, it just comes out you know I try to speak from the heart so thanks for letting me share thanks, Thank you, well. okay. All right. I'm less alcoholic. Let's yes. give Will and Alfonso a hand for a great meeting. Yeah. And, and we know when we're shot up, we show up, right? No matter what. <laughs> you guys are awesome. You know, and uh, Carlo and uh, Fernando and all you guys that, that, uh, that hang around, you know, and help us clean up and stuff like that. Man, you guys are awesome. We show up. Uh, faith without works is dead. See, we all showed up, right. and we got dry for the time that we had our meeting. You know, God is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. You know, and uh, and I'm your grapevine rep. You know, <laughs> meeting in a print. You know, I, I don't have have one on my on maybe this week. Uh, you know, you can give one away to hospitals and sanitariums, your doctor, you know, the police department, <laughs> you know, you, you can just drop one in some in a chiropractor's office. No telling who's going to pick it up, right? But anyway, uh, they're, they're 58 bucks for two years and, and uh, you, can, you can't beat, you can't beat those, those stories in that book. You know, you, you can be stuck without a meeting in, in your car and you can just read it, 
paragraph or two or a story and you know you get back on track and we're down the road again you know and that's what it's all about so with that uh eric you want to come up here and read the promises and praise out here sure thing. thank you good evening everyone i'm eric with the k alcoholic hey, oh, what a great meeting pleasure to be here these are the promises if we are painstaking about this phase of our development We'll be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new peace, oh, new freedom, and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of usefulness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and our outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. After a moment of silence, the alcoholics still suffering in and out of the rooms. The alcoholics who haven't found us yet. The families and the children caught in the crossfire. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Knock, knock. Whose father? Our father. Our father. Who art, who art in heaven. heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Amen. Keep coming back, y'all. Work if you work it. Well be done. Great meeting, everyone. Bless you, man. Now drop. Not a drop. Right? Yeah. Miracle and miracles. Well, you were excellent up there. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Hey, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Alfonso. Your reading. Very good. Very good. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Hang in there. I got you down. I just could give you the date. Come here, pretty one. Oh, come on up. You see, this man recognizes him when he sees it. I just tell you guys great shares. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. And thank you for showing up and sharing your experience. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. You know what, man? It's all over here, over there, but then the end makes sense. You know what, man? They said that blew me away when I was in jail that quick minute where they said, Oh, there's no big deal, man. There's no big deal. Dude, I'm like, what the fuck? I, okay. When the, I hear fuckers go like, oh. Uh, when the judge said, was, 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 when the said, I said, fucker, tell me, give me two, uh, five. He goes, I could well, blow my hands sta standing on my head. Yeah, yeah, you, uh, did you want to handle it? You must not like pussy. You know, you must not like pussy. I don't know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, exactly. You know. But the way, yeah, you're like, yeah, the way this guy talking about, you're good. Well, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's, I, I still have the okay. uh, the bucket, you know, for the yeah. Uh, yeah. the raffle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you can help out with yeah. other things. Okay, okay. No, okay. I, I, I appreciate you really trusting me with that oh, yeah, for those uh, two, three you know, weeks, you know. You're a uh, trusted servant, man. You've done 
what I'd like to do is talk about um, the part of the promises. I think it's, I haven't really seen them numbered before, which is awesome, right? So it's number 12, right? And it was, um, we will suddenly realize that God is doing uh, for us what we cannot do for ourselves, right? And, and you know, um, on a day-to-day basis, you know, um, I, I really find that that is true, right? Because um, I kind of break down, you know, the first step is that I am powerless over alcohol, which is very true, right? And I tend, my disease wants me to forget that. It wants me to think, um, I just have some like emotional and anger control issues and things like that, that I can take care of on my own. That's my, you know, my, my disease speaking. Um, but what I really need to do is realize that alcohol is out there waiting for me. Um, I've proven that to myself, right. Um, by, by relapsing. And, um, but also what, what other things that I'm powerless over, what other people think about me and, um, and, and, and trying to change, um, other people so that, that, um, I can feel good about myself. Right. Um, and, and, and when I try to manage my life, it is unmanageable. Right. But you know, there is a solution, right. The second step, right. I, I've come to believe, uh, and I now believe that there is a higher power out there, um, that, that can retor- restore me to sanity and, and does on a daily basis. Right. And, and I can, I can go back to the insanity of, of untreated alcoholism, um, without taking a drink. Right, just in my, in, you know, with stuff going on in between my ears. Um, but uh, there's still more solution, right? In the third step, which talks about, um, you know, making a decision to turn my will and my life over to a higher power. Um, and, and and that's, you know, if I do those three steps um, every day, I'm in a really good chance of not picking up a drink, right? Because um, I don't think my higher power wants me to drink. I know my higher power doesn't want me to drink. Um, and you know, that, and, and that is a beautiful thing. And, you know, and then the rest of the steps are acting on that decision of the third step. Right. And, um, and, and what I have found is that when I do those three things, even though this is a, you know, the promises talk about things that happen after the, after the ninth step, I, I really think that the promises can come true in different ways uh, at different times. Right. And, and for me, um, you know, I really find that by doing those third, those three steps, and, um, and, and the other steps as well, um, God, I wind up having God, um, handle things for me that I, that I can't force the solution for. Um, I, I had, a, I had some problems in sobriety, right. With a job that I was working at. And, um, one of the, the things was, is I realized that's one of the reasons I went to see the therapist. And one of the reasons I really dug in to doing the step work with my sponsor, we kind of did a, uh, a mini um, a fourth, fifth, and and well, we did the first the first five steps, right? Just on the job, right? Um, what I'm powerless over, you know, what is what's the solution, um, and you know where, and let's do a four step, right, on on that job, and we did. It was great, and it had really good results, um, and you know. I, I wound up leaving that job, right? It wasn't the right fit for me. And I found a really good job um, that I really like, you know? I mean, it's got problems. It's got, it's a government agency, so, you know, it's gonna have problems, right? Um, and it's, but, you know, I have changed how I look at work as a result of working uh, the, the, that, that step um, with my sponsor um, so that I'm not looking for approval, right, from, you know, from, other people, right? Because my, I think my whole alcoholism kind of came down to 
um, looking to fill that, you know, I've heard it mentioned uh, a God-shaped hole in my, in my life, right? With alcohol, drugs, sex, um, you know, anything, right? And I, I have, it's an addiction, right? I need, uh, and I have an addictive personality that wants to fill that uh, and wants to use things referring to outside of myself to fix what's on the inside. And, um, I, and I've learned that, that um, what I need um, is a relationship with my higher power, right? And that's what the steps lead me to is having that relationship with, um, with God, right? And that's one thing I want to put a giant asterisk, you know, on, on that, because, you know, when I say the word God, that can mean a lot of different things. There's different religions, there's different spiritualities and all sorts of stuff. Um, but the beauty of, a, of AA that I've found is that uh, it's God as I understand God. There isn't a, a God of AA. And, and there's people, you know, um, that in my home group that are that are atheists and they find their way to a spirituality that works for them. Um, and they and they stay sober. And that's and that's beautiful. You know, that really is. And um, I've uh, there's a phrase in, from the big book that talks about resigning from the debating society. And, and in high school and college, I was in the debating society. That was, that was my, my, my deal, right? And, um, and, and, I've, and, I, and I found that I, I, I needed to resign from that, right? Because, you know, while I was good at it uh, back in high school and college to some degree, right, uh, it didn't really serve me in terms of um, dealing with life very well. Right. Um, being argumentative and, you know, um, and, and always trying to find proper fault with things isn't necessarily being a part of the debating society, but that was the part of the debating society that I belonged to. Um, and, and, and that, you know, is really, is really great. I mean, we were, um, I was in a, a meeting earlier this morning, um, and it was talking about, you know, we don't get involved in outside controversies, right? It was that tradition. Um, and I love getting involved in controversies, <laughs> you know, and I, I, you know, with my family, I like, might hear my kids, but you might hear them later. I've got three kids. You might hear them um, having an argument or a controversy over, you know, the PlayStation or the TV channel. And you know what? Um, AA has led me to a point of parenting where I can, you know, you know not have to uh, solve all those problems, you know, and, um, and kind of just take it easy. I even share with my, my kids, you know, when um, we, we have a, a problem, right, whatever the problem is, you know, one of the kids won't get ready for school, right? Um, so I get, I get mad, right? I'm like, what do you mean they're not getting ready for school? It's crazy, right? Even though I, as a child, was not a very uh, enthusiastic about getting up and going to school, right? And, and so what I've learned is um, in, in, in AA is to tell, you know, describe the feeling and then, um, and, and then ask my higher power to, to guide me and pause. And, you know, that stuff from page 86 and 87, you know, and, and I, and I share that with them, you know, I'm like, Hey, um, Hey, right now when you're doing this, I'm, I'm mad. And I'm just going to, um, ask, you know, uh, for a pause and I'm just going to walk away for a minute. Um, and it, and it usually works out just, just fine. You know, that's a, another example of God kind of taking care of those things. Um, that I couldn't do, you know, I, you know, I can get mad and I can, you know, physically make my kid go to school, but that isn't, you know, to me, what needs to be done, right? That's not, um, uh, handling things that, um, you know, the way that it should be done. Um, and, and so, um, you know, that, that is kind of where I'm, where I'm at right now with, 
with uh, with my sobriety and with and with today. Um, one of the um, one of the cool things about AA as well is that um, we get to um, you know we do the steps. You know, there's the ten step right after we we do the you know we make amends and that sort of thing. And one of the things that served me well, um, even when you know I had my my relapse and stuff, um, is um, is taking an inventory. Um, at, at night, you know, and sometimes that might just be, um, you know, banks, you know, um, or, or, or whatever, but I try to do like a little quick review and, you know, um, you know, where I've been at fault, um, is not beat myself up. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm working up, working on with my sponsor right now is, uh, uh, the, uh, old ideas, you know, and, uh, because it talks about it in, in chapter five, right? We read it all the time and I, and it, and I've started to find it, right, when, when we read it, uh, that, you know, the results were nil until we let go absolutely, right, because we held on to our old ideas, but it was still it was nil. Um, and one of the old ideas that I've been uh, coming up with new ideas for is the, uh, the idea that there's some value in actually beating myself up and making myself feel bad about mistakes that I make. Um, and, you know, that's not what... Um, I don't think that's what AA is about. At least my my idea of what recovery is is isn't doing that. Um, you know, my, my sponsor um, told me to um, imagine um, as an experiment that you know just just think about this idea, Eric. He said, um, "What if there is an all powerful, all loving God or higher power, you know, big asterisk, right? Um, that that loves and uh, me and cares about me and wants the best for me." What would my life look like if that were the case, right? And um, you know, that's that's a pretty powerful idea, you know, um, because it, 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 that isn't what normally my default setting goes to when I wake up in the morning, right? I'm not like, you know, hey, wow, you know, um, she was what's, you know, that, that was, that's great. Um, but I I have the opportunity to have, you know, by being sober and being. Um, in AA is to come across people that, that pass along those types of ideas, right? And um, and and that's um, a, for me a great antidote to a lot of the um, you know the old ideas, right? That um, you know because one of one of my um, I think early forming ideas, and I'll I'll kind of wrap up with this um, is that um, you know when I was growing up um, it was a different era, right? We had different role models, right? Uh, I had James Bond, and I had my dad, and I had, um, um, you know, Steve McQueen, and, you know, those guys that were rugged individualists, you know, they didn't ask for help, you know, they just battled their way through whatever it was, and pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, and um, they were he-men, um, so to speak, and, you know, that didn't, you know, um, really serve me all that well, you know, because, I, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy. Right? I have a bunch of gadgets I can pull out and solve all those problems. And I, you know, I, whoever's writing my script hasn't decided to give me the ability to, you know, bluster my way through life uh, the way uh, some of these uh, John Wayne guys and my, you know, and my dad uh, tried to do. Um, and and so the the idea of um, you know being um, someone who's kind, right, and 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 being of service. Right, um, is so much is so different. I mean, James Bond wasn't a service, you know. He was, you know, he was in the secret service, but you know, he was, you know, 
he, he was about, you know, um, you know, kicking ass and, and doing that sort of stuff. And, and I just don't, I'm just not, you know, I don't have that power. And I, I don't really, you know, need it. But what, what, what I can do is turn to this program that tells me things like, you know, when someone's like really getting on my nerves, I can um, pray to be, you know, um, saved from anger and to try to be helpful to that person, you know, and that's, you know, that's kind of a, kind of a beautiful thing. You know, it really is. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's what I, what I try to do. Um, and I, um, and I go through, I go through like peaks and valleys, right? Um, sometimes I'm riding a nice pink cloud and sometimes I'm on a brownish cloud and then, you know, back up to pink. Um, and it usually has a lot to do with how I'm facing, right? Um, because I've come across this idea of myself and my higher power. And it's like, when I'm trying to do everything on my own, I get towards the brown cloud. When I try to turn to God and ask for God's help uh, and just to be shown the way and knowledge of the will for my higher power for me and to do the next right thing, boom, I'm, I'm much a much better spot um, and to be helpful to somebody else. Um, and, and that's, I think, quite a bit enough out of me. Um, thank you so much for letting me um, be of service tonight, and I um, look forward to hearing what everybody else has to say. Okay. Well, I wish you were going to speak around one hour or within an hour. Love listening to you, Eric. <laughs> thank you for being here. Yeah, so before I pass the, uh, the mic to our treasurer, I'll be doing the chips chips, okay? Because I think our uh, chips chips... And I kind of grabbed onto that piece about um, that you were sharing in regards to your your mentors too, and uh, you know it's a different life. You 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 really did a fantastic job, as Moon said, about sharing about the positive message of sobriety, and uh, yeah, great share. Uh, there are a lot of great mentors, yeah, too, and that I was thinking about it, but I latched onto. I think uh, uh, Bugs Bunny, because he was part of that discussion at the debate club. I, I, Bugs Bunny really must have been an alcoholic. He was so good at getting out of stuff. <laughs> and, and I think um, out of all the mentors that I could have had on the Eddie Griffith show, I think I chose Otis. But uh, I, I, did, I did my best, you know. <laughs> um, this is a very interesting uh perspective that I, I listened to tonight on everybody's uh, look into this promise and um, I have to say that you know when we when we make it through the steps and we're we're new in this program uh, there's just no there's no thought process that I think I even gathered towards the adjectives of, of freedom or happiness um, being anything other than being away from people and not getting caught for doing the things that I that I wanted to do, and uh, not let anybody get in the way of my um, getting intoxicated. There's always a big plan on how to uh, be at the right level of uh, intoxication to do everything in my life, and, and that that alone is a great freedom right there. Where um, when we finally get to that physical sobriety piece and uh, get a chance to start working this program 
that's a piece of it. But um, as we gather a little steam and as they you know, start to put together days and weeks and months and, and uh, as time went on, it's very interesting, my perspective changing on, on uh, freedom and happiness. I mean, at first, I, I just wanted the freedom of not being uh, behind bars so I could do what I wanted to do. I always was getting in trouble for this, that, or the other thing. And, and uh, today, the, the freedom is um, interesting. Right, right before this meeting, I paid a bill twice. I got on the phone with Spectrum. And I paid them where I think I already paid them. But for me, I would rather be credited, you know, $80 on my next bill than have to worry about owing $80. And I already waited my time in line to get, you know, uh, you know, to the call center to do what I had to do. Might as well pay the bill and get credited. I mean, that's a freedom to me, a freedom to be able to, uh, uh, you know, have have bills paid. Have a, we all have a roof over our head? No, 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 no presumption of that, but I guess uh, and we all, you know, had a decent meal tonight. I mean, that's all things that I didn't have before, and um, that type of freedom is pretty miraculous. The freedom to actually be able to serve other people today. I was in, you know, uh, I love how in the Big Book we're, we're referring to watch the Big Book tonight, and I thought about. How um, you know we can't really serve others unless our own house is in order. And my God, you know we all get a chance when we stay clean and sober to have that opportunity to serve other people. I mean that's freedom alone. You know to to know what it's like to not be so selfish and self-centered that we can actually go out and do something for someone else's program. Uh, the twelfth step is absolutely amazing, um, amazing step in the program. And as far as happiness goes. I gotta tell you, I had happiness all wrong. When I was early in recovery, my happiness was about uh, mostly uh, tangible items, uh, you know, manipulating people to thinking I was such a wonderful, you know, uh, person through uh, the outside and, and not really um, getting into a lot of the step work and recognizing character defects. I got a little bit uh, a longer time in sobriety and be able to get to a point where Literally, I think about this today from a, a perspective where uh, my happiness today really comes from being around uh, inspirational people, being around people, being in meetings, being around people that are clean and sober, finding people that are doing something way better than me that I can you know, grab onto as a mentor, finding some sort of level of humility uh, to, to gain happiness in other people being happy. I mean, that's my, my sponsor calls that the 101 part of this program. But we can really, really experience a level of being happy for other people and excited for other people's uh, success and happiness, um, especially those that have struggled from the darkness to light in this program. That's the true 101 of this program where we really get to have that type of life. And uh, I'm blessed and grateful for a lot of things tonight, and, um, and that's one of them that I, I, I do feel... Uh, happy, even though I, str I struggle, you know, for, we're calling that out tonight with mental health challenges. I don't want to be the one that hides in the corner. I have a serious, serious struggle with uh, attention deficit disorder where I just can't keep thoughts together in my own brain. What, what Teresa was sharing earlier, it's like doing all those horrible things that you made into a, three different monsters that you had to do. <laughs> to get through a day we're, we're most likely if, if when i was listening to that story 
she probably procrastinated this for so long that made it into such a horrible like because that's what I do. <laughs> You know, you know, to to where those three things are going to be horrible, even if you get them right. You know, and it's going to, you know, so that that struggle through mental illness um, is going to be something that I always have to, um, you know, realize the co-occurring disorder is going to be part of my life, and and to be around people that um, that can help me with that, and to look for outside help too. Um. And when Teresa went to go call her favorite therapist for outside help, she goes, no, wait a minute, that's me too. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, what a, what a great day it is to be uh, sober in this program. I just uh, wanted to give a, a quick uh, a shout out to uh, uh, Eddie Prayers for, for Don tonight. He's kind of struggling with some health issues and he's back in the hospital. So anybody wants to pray for Dr. Kerr? if that's where he is tonight, so uh, I'll keep you updated. And I think Ralph is uh, is uh, bringing up the uh, the end of the meeting here. You there, Ralph? Good to see y'all. Hi, I'm Ralph, an alcoholic, and sorry. Hey, Ralph. Uh, sending us a text. I went to get up, and somebody put something on the floors, and every time I hit it, if I don't hit it right, I go down. Last night, 11.30 at night, fire department out, I ate Bowman. Tonight, again. Can you, Adeline, can you reread that? Uh... Yes, I would love to. That's why I keep my phone open, though. <laughs> so this is going to be promise number two, and that is we are going to know a new freedom and a new hunt. You know, I, I see the hap- I see the freedom now, and I see the happiness more day by day. You know, I'm not blowing up at everybody who walks by me. I'm going to grab something and throw it at them. Although a few people I have thought about, you know, as they walk by, you know, you really deserve this, you know. This gal that I met, she goes, can be night? She goes hey, listen to yourself. And I said, yeah, I can hear myself. She says, you're talking like a drunk. You're talking like a real bad alcoholic. And I went, yeah, maybe I am. She goes, why don't you get off this with me go find a meeting? They call me and they tell you did to me. I call her. She said, wow, one meeting gets your head out of your ass. It's exactly what she said. Nice guy. Yeah, I said, I wasn't looking at things right, you know. I got... Somebody that's storing a bike here, when they moved out, they didn't take it with them. So I've been threatening them, you know, all through the weekend. If you don't come get them, top it up and everything else. And when she said that to me, I said to her, what I was going to do to it. She says, you know, you're not thinking correct. And that's when she said, like, the mind, the mind, the alcoholic was coming out. And, you know, and uh, she's true, you know, she's absolutely true, you know, that, that. I need to I need to step back, kind of look at life a little bit differently, which is hard right now. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it through this roadblock of life. You know. The other night, I got a new table. I pushed it out in front of me. When I did, I went to bend down to look at something that's on the floor. Caught the bar at about ninety miles an hour, right in the head. You know, 
and uh, I just need to slow down in life. You know, somebody, there's something on the floor to my caretaker, something I'm going to have to take him off the floor with uh, bleach and try to break through whatever that is. But anyway, thank you for letting me share tonight. Serenity to accept the things I can't. The courage to change the things I can't. And the wisdom to know the difference. 
Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Great job. Always good to see you and hear you. Bye, Thank guys. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. See you at the barbecue. Good meeting. Thank you. Hey, Ralph. We'll be there for sure. Gary. See you next week. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye, everyone. See you guys.